The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Terrence Crawford, what's it like to be the fucking man? Man, it's great. I feel like I've always been a man. <laughs> you have been the man for a long time. But uh, I think uh, two weeks ago, everybody realized it. Yeah, everybody uh, give me my recognition now and everybody give me my flowers. So it's a wonderful thing that I had to fight to, you know, get everybody approval. Well, it's tricky in boxing sometimes because sometimes it's difficult to make those matchups happen in a dream matchup like that between two undefeated world champions and for you to dominate the way you did. Because a lot of people had that like a pick em fight. Like a lot of people didn't know how to call it, but you just fucking ran that fight. You ran that fight. That was amazing. Yeah, you know, that's a fight that we've been wanting for years. And um, to finally secure the fight and perform the way that I performed, it was it was a great moment for me and my career. It was beautiful, man. I mean, the, just, just the way you controlled, the, the way you switched things up, the way you controlled the pace of the fight, the defense, your defense was on point. Those hooks that you were landing in close were magnificent. It was a brilliant fight, man. I mean, I'm sure you appreciate it. I'm sure you watched it a bunch of times. But, man, that was like a, a real – because it was such a mainstream fight, such a huge fight where everybody was paying attention to it and talking about it, even casuals, that they got to see you perform that way. And, you know, now it's like there's no dispute. You're the number one pound-for-pound guy on earth. Yeah. Uh, that's something that I got to credit to my coaches, you know, because we drill everything that you've seen – fight night we drilled it time and time again time and time again so it was it was it came natural and easy for me when the when the fight came you know like I said only thing they kept saying uh how he's going to beat me is because he's bigger and he's stronger that was it you look stronger of course of course and I was just like how do you know he's stronger than me right he might be bigger than me, but big don't mean stronger. Well, he's just taller than you. You look yeah. more muscular than him, too. But it was just the the, the technique was what really stood out. It's right. like you just were a master in there. It was a master class. And that's something that they wasn't giving me credit for as well. How? Because they that's said. That's the thing. It's like, how are they not? <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is um, with me. They just always try to uh, diminish my my accomplishments and oh well who I was fighting they say oh well you wasn't fighting nobody and this guy Errol Spence is the most uh fundamentally sound fighter in the game so um that's why everybody was picking him but I was favored in Vegas so Vegas must have had it right yeah well the wise people picked you as a favorite you know, just just based on your accomplishments, it's not like Errol Spence wasn't a great fighter. He's a great fighter, but it's so interesting when you watch a great fighter against what I believe is an all-time great. It's just that there's just levels upon levels upon levels upon levels, and right now you're at the top of the fucking mountain. <laughs> yes, 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 and I and I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Beautiful. You deserve it. You deserve it. That's a. Uh, when when you planned for that fight, you knew that you were probably going to fight him. Like for the last few years, it was something that was on the table. But not really. Uh, there was a point. There was a point in time where <clears throat> I was like, 
you know, uh, I shifted gears and I shifted my mind off of Errol Spence because uh, I didn't feel like the fight was going to happen. Mm. But once I left top rank and we started negotiating, I was like, oh, well, maybe this fight will happen. And then w once I fought Avanesian because the um, conversations uh, and everything that we was uh, talking about to get the fight done, it wasn't lining up to what I wanted. So I decided to take another fight. And then I came back to the table and like, hey, listen, let's get this fight made. And uh, at that point in time, things wasn't going how I would have liked it to go. So I just hit up Spence like, hey, man, listen, man. If if me and you gonna fight, me and you gonna get this done because you know there's a lot of people that blocking the fight. Really. How were they blocking? Like, what was the what was the whole? But just business wise, you know, I just felt like I was worth X amount, and they felt like I wasn't, and uh, they wanted to do the deal a certain way, and I wanted to do the deal the fair way, and. Um, Errol Spence seen it. He was just he was he was agreeing with everything that I said. He was like, "Yeah, we can do this, we can do that." And he probably felt like he gave up too much, you know, at the at the end when it was all said and done, but I was I felt like everything was fair. Was it in terms of like the purse split? Everything. everything. We, we we talked about everything. Yeah. And so th this fight had been discussed for like how many years now? At least five. Five years. Wow. That's crazy that it takes that long for something yeah. like this to happen in boxing. When I came when I came uh to the welterweight division, I called out all the champions, except Sean Porter. I called out all the champions. I wanted them all, you know, at that time. And uh I wasn't able to uh, get in the ring with any of them and at that point in time they was calling Errol Spence the boogeyman. And my reply was how is he the boogeyman when I'm chasing him? Mm. You know, um, I just wanted to prove to the world that that I was better than what they say I was because, given the fact that how great I looked against each opponent, they say, "Oh well, he wasn't nothing, or he was this, he he was that," because right. how talented I am. Right. So they didn't want to give me no credit because I passed all my tests with flying colors so yeah it was great to get in the ring with Errol Spence Jr. and do the same thing if not better than I did for the past opponents that I faced no you were on fire it, it was it's it's sort of the same thing that Roy Jones Jr. faced like everybody's like Roy hasn't beaten anybody like yes he has yeah. it's just he's so much better than everybody else that he was making everybody else look like they weren't any good. Definitely. But those were world championship caliber fighters, and Roy was just lighting them up. Right. And that's that. Sometimes when a fighter eclipses everyone else and reaches the pinnacle, that's the criticism they face until there's an undeniable moment. You know, and that was that was your undeniable moment. Like everybody's got to shut the fuck up. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's what you know. Uh, my my feelings was. You know, a lot of people like, man, you didn't look too happy. You know, after after you won, after you won, you, I didn't see the excitement in you. In you, I was like, man, I was happy. I was happy. Just I had to prove myself, you know, to the world how great I knew I was. But at the same time, I was kind of disappointed at the same time that it took this long for me to get my recognition and for me to get 
a big marquee fight of this status at 35 years old. Yeah, especially after chasing it for five years. Right, and I was chasing Manny Pacquiao for probably five years, probably before that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I've been champion for nine years, going on 10 years in March. So I've been doing this game for a long time, you know, and uh, I've been at the top since 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 I beat Gamboa, and I've been looking for all the biggest challenges there is, and some of them I was able to to capture, and some of them went the other way, and I'm just blessed to be able to be the first man to be undisputed in the junior welterweight division, the first man to be undisputed in the welterweight division in the four bell era, the first man to be undisputed in two weight divisions. So um, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a huge blessing. It's it's an amazing accomplishment. You looked happy. You were dancing yeah. with your mom. You were having a good time. Yeah, I don't know why course. people thought you weren't happy. Because you know when you when you go in the back room, everybody want to see the excitement. Right. I was just like, oh, I got that off my back. Yeah. Well, you know, you it was a sign of relief. Was there anything unusual about that fight? Like, did, is that exactly how you expected the exchanges to go? I'm sure you watched a ton of tape on him, right? Actually, I didn't. Really? I didn't because a lot of people always ask me, do I watch a lot of film on my opponents? And I always tell them no because I have a different style. They're not going to fight me the same style or the same way that they fought their previous opponents. they just not, you know, uh, so... I already knew how he fought. I just watched probably like two fights of his just to get a feel for what he liked to do, what he don't like, the things that, you know, I can capitalize on. And that's it. Like, I don't watch too much film because I'm going to make my adjustments on the fly inside the ring. So, yeah, I don't watch too much film. That's interesting. What is the, the general consensus on that, about watching film? Do most champions watch film? Is it is it just on an individual basis? No, some people like to watch film to where they feel as if they know uh, what their opponent's going to do, when they're going to do it, because they got certain habits to uh, identify uh, when they're going to throw a punch or or when they want to back up certain things that you you see as a as a top athlete, you start noticing. Okay, I noticed that he's doing this when he's doing this, he's doing that when he's doing this, and um, you pick up on that, and so you you put it in your in your mind like, okay, we're gonna prepare for this. When he do that, we're gonna do this. So you try to capitalize on it. But me, I never was that type of person. My, I let my coaches they do the uh, studying, and then they come up with a plan, and then they shoot me the plan, the, the plan to win, and we just go from there. When you switch, because you're, you're, in my opinion, the best ever at switching from orthodox to southpaw since Marvin Hagler. You're the best ever. Like, when, you when do you decide? Do you just feel it? Do you go out there southpaw sometimes and say I'm gonna fucking switch it up? Like how do you how do you make those those changes? Well, I think I made the change to fight southpaw uh, in the back dress room. Really? Yeah, because I was like, man, how should I come out? Because in my mind, I was just so filled with like the energy from the weigh-ins, the press conference, the weight, the 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 moment. 
So I was like, man, I just want to go out there. And, you know, everybody's saying I'm too small, so I wanted to prove them wrong. Everybody was saying he was going to walk me down. So I was just like, man, you know, they just don't know. Like, I just had that chip on my shoulder. Like, I just wanted to go go head on with the bull and just go fight him. And it was like, just box. I was like, just box. And then I was remembering, I was like, he ever fought too many southpaws before. And then on one of the occasions, he got hurt real bad by a hook. So I was like, I'm coming out southpaw and I'm and we gonna box just to start off. But at the same time, I'm gonna get my respect out the gate. I'm not gonna be doing all that moving. So the plan was never to move and everybody, when you interview them, they was like, oh, Terrence gotta be uh, slippery. He can't stand in front of Spence. He can't do this. He got to get on his bicycle. I'm like, he ain't no Terminator. I'm like, man, I'm going to be right there in front of him like I always do. You know, I'm going to make him miss and make him pay, and I'm going to fight my my fight. So uh, I feel like that was the key for uh, the victory because he wasn't used to fighting southpaws. Do you feel as comfortable orthodox as southpaw? Is there, do you feel like you're better in one stance, or is it just – depending upon the opponent i think it's dependent on the opponent you know uh i feel i'm equally as uh great in both stands i'm very powerful in both stands uh, i hit just as hard with my left probably even harder with my left than my right you know but uh i think it's the opponent they were talking about it in the broadcast they said that when you were a kid you hurt your hand and so that's why you started practicing southpaw. Yeah, that's when I started actually practicing it. You know, uh, that was something that uh, when I when when I had the cast on, I was like, man, I love the gym so much. I'm like, man, I'm not leaving the gym. Like, I'm going practice with this left, and that's when I got the left stronger because at first when I go southpaw, it was only you know my right, my right, my right. Then when my hand got messed up, just started working on the left, and it started getting stronger and stronger, and I started getting more accurate because at first it's just throw it just to be throwing it. And then, you know, it just got to a point where they both – my left was actually way stronger than my right when it came back, so I had to get my right back stronger. That's cra- It's crazy that you have that option because that's such an amazing advantage to be able to fight just as comfortably from orthodox or southpaw. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, um, I look at it like you can't go nowhere. Right. Like you trapped. Like yeah. you move to your left, I can go southpaw and cut you off. You move to your right, I can go orthodox and cut you off. So, And then it and then it is great that I can pack a punch in both hands as well because a lot of people, when they switch, they give up something. Mm-hmm. I think – when I switch, I gain something in both stands that I probably don't have in the other stands. Mm. So uh, it's great for me. Did anybody ever try to discourage you from switching up that much? Of course. Did my, they? My coach, he used to always, <laughs> he used to get mad. Like, you need to focus on uh, one stance and doing it right before you start switching. You ain't even got the orthodox stands down pack. Uh, all the way, and then you trying to go southpaw. I'm like, all right, all right. Now I go orthodox, and then in the fight, boom, 
<laughs> I switch, then I switch back. He like stop switching, <laughs> and then I win a fight. Like what? <laughs> when did he stop telling you to stop switching? When I was winning, <laughs> he was just like, he was like, all right, since since I can't stop you from switching, we just gonna train that way. Mm. So. Yeah, if you do four rounds, you're going to do two rounds southpaw, you're going to do two rounds orthodox. That's just how we started training. Well, it's amazing how it turned out. And for Spence, you know, who always fights southpaw, like to see you as a southpaw too, like probably created a little bit of an adjustment for him. Yeah. Yeah, especially given that he wasn't fighting too many southpaws in his whole career right? that much. So. It seemed like after you dropped him in the second – Right somewhere in like the middle of the third, you started to turn the heat up. Then you start closing the distance, and you were like smothering them. You know, like somewhere in the third, it seemed like you picked up the intensity. Is that when you felt like you started to get to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was, I was in control the whole fight. You know, um, the first round, neither one of us really did anything. We was kind of just filling each other out. The second round, he kind of started picking it up a little bit, and um, I I caught him with them two shots. I feel like that's what led me to get more control because I I felt as if I I caught him off guard. He wasn't expecting me to punch as hard as I did, so I could see on his face he was kind of like, "Whoa," you know. And then the rest, you know, I was in control. Yeah, you were in control. It was it's an amazing performance. But now that you've accomplished this and now that you're the first man ever to be undisputed in two different weight classes, like what are the offers now? Are people coming because I've hear I hear all this talk about Jamel, I hear this talk about Canelo, like wh- where are they at right now? Well, you know Canelo and Jamel is fighting. I wanted to fight um uh, Jamel next since he was the uh 154-pound undisputed uh, champion, but as you know, they're going to strip him for his belt once the bell ring when he fight Canelo. So your goal was to go up and become undisputed in three different there weight classes. Go. There Ooh. you go. Wow. Something that never been done before. Right. And, you know, uh, it's greatness. Like I said, this is my era, and I'm I'm taking it. Ain't nobody going to stop me. So now that I didn't shift gears because – I know I wanted to fight Jamel, but if he lose to Canelo, I wouldn't. I always said, man, that's a big step. That's a big step. But for a person to go up three weight classes from 147 to 168 and to win, yeah, and become undisputed, wow! What can they say? They what can't can say, they say. They can't say nothing right now. But what can they say? But well, then, then you're in like the greatest of all time discussion. I'm already in them, yeah, them discussions. Are. But yeah. I'm saying, but what would they say though? Three-time yeah. undisputed champion and the and the smaller fighter that went up three weight divisions to conquer one of the the baddest mans besides himself that's been doing it for probably longer than me so you said 68 but you you mean 54 right no 68 you want to go up to 68 so yeah. so who would you fight at 68 canelo if he well, yeah if he went or wow. charlo the winner wow i want that would be crazy i want to be three times undisputed 
To jump up like that, 21 pounds? Yes. What do you walk around at? I don't know. You don't know? Oh, don't you don't want to tell me. <laughs> you got I don't scale. know. I don't know. You know what I mean? But how much time would you need to prepare for something like that? Would you gain weight? Would you do anything I'll have different? To, I'll definitely have to gain weight. Yeah. You know, and I just believe in my, my abilities. You know, uh, Canelo's not a big guy. You know, right. he's 5'8". Right, fought he's, at 52 when yeah. he fought Pacquiao. He... He he's or when he fought Floyd rather. He's he's big, like muscular wise, but far as like height, right? Nah. So uh, yeah, that wouldn't be nothing that you know we had to see. That would be insane for you I, to go from one forty all the way up to one sixty eight. That'd be dope. Woo! I so, think it can happen. I think that's to be, to be honest. I think that's the biggest fight in boxing. Mm. He beat Charlo, Terrence Crawford, Canelo. That's the biggest fight in boxing, hands down. No yeah. other fight fighters could compare compare to that. You know, no disrespect right. to Charlo, but he's not he's not a superstar. He's not, you know, on Canelo's level. Now he got a chance. Don't get me wrong. Like he's going to do well in that fight, and he got the tools to win. You know, it's just about preparation and what type of fight he fight. Now, Canelo and him are fighting at 68. And when are they fighting? Is that September? Yes, September 30th, I think. Mm. So when would you like to get back in? Like, what would be good for you? Like, how much of a turnaround? Well, it probably, if they fight in September, it'd probably be next year. But that give me time to, you know, bulk up. Yeah, get my body yeah. right. What kind of uh, strength and conditioning routine do you do now? Do you, because how much is it difficult for you to make forty seven, or is it pretty easy? No, it was a little difficult. Yeah, it was a little difficult. Yeah, I had to wear the little plastics and sauna suits this this time. But you know, I don't know what it is. I go up and wait, and then. The weight be going up on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Your body adapts. Yeah. Likes yeah. to eat. Likes to get thick. Right. Yeah. So, so it's cool, though. It's cool. So when, like, on a normal camp, um, what does your training routine consist of? Like, do you, do you do running? Do you do strength and conditioning workouts in the gym? Like, what do you do as far as, like, physical preparation? I do it all. I run. I swim. Strength and conditioning. Um plyometrics all that you do swimming yes a lot of people are doing swimming now yeah, i've been doing that my whole career really what do you like about swimming i just think you know it helps on your breathing it helps on your breathing your endurance is is better on your joints mm. you know because we don't run every day right so um yeah it, it, it helps tremendously and do you lift weights yeah yeah but not 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 heavy we right. lift probably like 20 pounds like some light Mm -hmm. Just a lot of endurance yeah. work. Yeah. L little quick twitch muscles. So if you have a fight where you're going to go up to 168 pounds, how much time do you think you need to get ready physically for that? I'm ready now. You ready now? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm the type of fighter that I just believe in myself, you know, and I don't think a lot of people think it's all about weight, but I think it's about the skills, you know, um, I got the power to make anybody respect me. 
I don't care what what your weight is. If I catch you in the right spot at the right time, you're going to feel it, you know. And I just feel like it's called boxing for a reason. I'm going to outthink you. Yeah. Well, you showed that in that fight. I mean, just the defense, everything, man. It was a master class. That's what I love about boxing. Like, if I wanted to show someone a boxing match, I would show a, a fight like that. Like, this is what I love about boxing. Like, this man is right in front of that dude, and he's rolling with every shot. Mm -hmm. He's picking off every shot the other dude throws at him, and he's countering with, like, split-second timing. Yeah, and that's hard to do. That's hard to do. Obviously. And you got to be comfortable enough to have confidence that you got to take chances. Yeah. Like, when, when I... When I dropped him with the uppercut and the hook, I got hit. In the, the left hand, right? Yeah, yeah, I got hit while I was throwing the uppercut, mm -hmm. but I knew that going into it because I baited him in and mm -hmm. set a trap. So in my mind, I'm going to take one to get this, get this off and then come back with something else. And that's how I got the, the drop, the second drop. Yeah, that uppercut was genius. It was just inside, tight, yeah. boom. Perfect um, time. How hard does Spence hit? Uh, he didn't hit. He didn't hit that hard. Well, he never caught you that clean. That was probably yeah. the best shot he landed. No, he caught me. He caught me a couple of times, but you know, I was surprised at how hard he didn't hit. Really? And given that everybody say, "Oh, he's a big puncher. He's this." I think he's just a volume puncher. I think he just wears opponents down, just wear them down. I, I don't think you know he he has a one punch knockout. He has power. But it's not like, you know, boom, sleep. Right. You know what I mean? I think it's like, bam, oh, boom, 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 boom. And then he just wear you down. Right. Yeah. That is a difference, right? Because if you look at his career, you never seen him, like, knock nobody out with one punch. You never see him, you know, dropping nobody with one punch. You always see him, like, wearing them down, wearing them down. That's why he goes so, so hard to the body. Because you want to wear you down. Then once once you get tired and once your body start weakening, everything start weakening. And those little punches that wasn't hurting start hurting. Oh, so. Well, that was probably your most anticipated fight. But what do you, what do you think was, like, your most difficult fight? I would think Gamboa. Really? I would say Gamboa. Because of the experience at the time, you know, um, you got to understand I came from fighting six-round fights, you know, to a 10-round fight on uh, HBO when I got the British Prescott fight. So then I fight him. Then I fight another guy for an intern, the NABO. And then I fight for a title eliminator and clean off. And then I fight uh, Ricky Burns. And then I come back and fight Gamboa. And I become champion. And Gamboa was labeled the next Floyd Mayweather. He was on the pound-for-pound pound list. You know, everybody had Gamboa at a high rating, you know. So he's Olympic gold medal, you know. He had the experience over me. And so I think I learned a lot in that fight. And that's what made it, you know, uh, hard because that was something that I never experienced in a fighter uh, before. So... It was a great learning experience. That's one of the most interesting things about watching a very talented fighter is seeing how they respond to the next level of opposition and the next level of challenges. Like like you're saying, going up from six rounds to eight rounds to 10 to 12. 
and seeing the different caliber of competition. You know, when you when you look at like a boxer's career, it's it's interesting because when they're kind of at the end of the line in their late thirties, it's the time when they have the most experience. They know the most, but their body doesn't really perform as well anymore. Like there's this kind of balancing act. And the guy who beat that better than anybody was Bernard Hopkins. Because mm-hmm. Bernard was world class up until like he was fifty, which is so crazy. Like, yeah. how the fuck did he do that? I think because his body was more preserved than when he was in jail, mm. and he didn't have all the wear and tear on his body. You know, my my guy Stephen Nelson, he's he's another one. He's thirty five years old, and he's still moving like he's he's young because he never did no sports. He uh. started. He started boxing at like eighteen. Oh, <laughs> you know, so uh, no injuries. Yeah, he 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 just had an injury about a few years ago. He tore his Achilles. He was out for two years, but he back like nothing happened. That's a big one. Yeah, the Achilles is a big. Jamal Hill, the UFC light heavyweight champion, just tore his Achilles. Mm-hmm. That's a rough one. And Definitely. Jamal told tore it playing basketball, which is crazy. He tore his sparring moving backwards. Really? Yes, he was just moving backwards. It wasn't nothing crazy. He was just moving backwards and it just popped. Pop. He said he thought somebody like hit him. He was just like he looked down. Like, man, he thought it was me at first. I'm way on the bag. I'm like, what? He's like, man. I fucked up. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> He was like, man, my Achilles. I'm like, how you know? He was like, man, I heard it pop. It's so, like everybody getting around him. I'm like, man, you got to go to the hospital. Let's go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Two free, years. Two years out the gym. I mean, out the ring. That's a long one. It's it's a crazy injury to come back from. Yeah. Because it's such a thick tendon. And when it pops, it's just a disaster. Mm-hmm. Have you had any, like, significant injuries? Nope. That's amazing. Yes. So when you say like like for Bernard, like he preserved his body. I know you're very disciplined, and I know that you like. Are you, are you? Do you ever take time like after a big fight like that, where you go off the rails and eat pizza every day and go crazy, or do you stay disciplined? Well, I don't eat beef or pork, but you don't eat uh, beef or pork or pork. Really? Yeah, but my uh, my eating habits is not the best. You know, I still drink pop here and there. I still, I didn't lighten up on candy. I used to eat. Tons of candy, like every day. Really? I used to eat tons of candy, but you know, I don't while you were fighting, yeah, in camp too. <laughs> I don't know. It was just something that. Listen, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make weight. I'm gonna get everything done, but I'm I'm gonna have my candy. And like, <laughs> what kind of candy? I just liked it. The you know uh, the Jolly Ranchers, the chewy ones, just chewy chewy candy, the Starburst, the uh, the gummies. I used to just always eat those. Well, when you're training a lot, it's not bad to have a little extra sugar. Yeah. Like Floyd used to drink sodas after he trained. Yeah. And, and everybody's like, why would he do that? But then I talked to a nutritionist, and he's like, it's actually after a very hard workout, like uh, sparring and hitting the bag, it's actually a good way to replenish glucose. Yeah, that's 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 probably why I always was drinking it, you mm. know, uh, and cutting weight. I don't know why. When I'm cutting weight, I'd be like, all right. Even though water, I mean, even though pop gonna make me more thirsty, I'd be like, I need a Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> I need a Sprite, a cold Sprite. And they'd be like, what? I'd be like, I just need a Sprite. How come you don't eat beef or pork? I, I, I don't eat beef. Pork is just, 
you know, bad for you. It's unhealthy, you know. And I think when uh, beef, I stopped eating beef like probably like seven years ago, probably more than that. Really? Yeah. Um, I had I had back problems, and I was like, man, my back was just hurting so bad, and I didn't know what it was. So I went to the hospital. I went to the to the emergency. And so they did the uh, MRI and CAT scan and stuff like that on my back. And I had backed up shit all up my back. What? Backed up shit. Really? That was what was hurting all, your back? All beef. So since I cut out the beef, because they said beef is hard, harder to digest and harder mm. for your body to break down. So I stopped eating beef, and I ain't never had none of them issues ever again. That's crazy. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah. So where do you get your protein from? Uh, chicken. Just chicken? Chicken, turkey. Eggs, fish, yeah. fish? fish, all yeah. that. Yeah. So chicken, turkey, fish. Yeah. That's great. I've never heard anybody have a... I eat mostly meat. Yeah. It's like my, that's the most of my diet is meat. You probably got a lot of shit in you. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I bet you you do. <laughs> I bet you you do. <laughs> you, might, you might not know it, but you <clears> got a lot of get an MRI. Nah, maybe you should do a colon cleanse or something. Do you do colon cleanse? No. Do one and you're gonna be amazed. Really? I swear. I don't know about that. I I don't think there's anything wrong. I did I did one, you know, I was doing one in this camp. Yeah. And it was crazy, like, you know, shit that come out of you, you'd be like, damn, I had that. So did you do like a colonic? Nah, I just you know the clock is rough. They yeah, stick a hose up your ass. Yeah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah, I ain't doing that. What did you do? What'd you take? No, nah, I just you know take uh, you know just a little colon cleanse, uh, mm-hmm. dietary, not like supplements or right, I know stuff like that. Like just stuff that's like fiber. Yeah, yeah, fiber that makes the yeah the shit come out. And it just whoa. Yeah, yeah I did that before uh, before camp and stuff, and I was like, dang. So, if you only do, you have someone that prepares your meals. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you got like a meal prep I got company. A, I got a nutritionist. I got okay. a, a chef. All that. Yeah. And you're also I saw. On, are you a part of that snack thing too? Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, what that is. Is uh, that is that um, that dude from Balco? Yeah. 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 Victor so, Conti. Yeah. Yeah. So Victor Con- He was on the podcast back in the day. So he's a guy that busted or he got busted yeah. for with Barry Bonds and yeah. the, the clear where they were giving him that undetectable steroids mm-hmm. and now he's on the other side of it he's yeah. making sure that the whole sport is clean yeah and nobody knows better than him because he cheated for years yes yeah. and they and they hate it <laughs> they hate it because yeah. you'll see a lot of people like oh man this dude was a cheater this dude was this this <clears throat> dude was that and then you know you can't get nothing past them well he was a cheater but you know, just because a guy was a cheat, look. First of all, that's the kind of guy you would want yeah. being involved in cheating and yeah. ch- catching cheating. But he's trying to clean up the whole sport. Yeah, like it's not like he like. All right, well, you know, I'm sponsoring you. You represent my brand. Mm-hmm. He's trying to clean up the whole sport. So, you know, he's like, why isn't it like more transparency? Yeah, where is the transparency? Like, where is this? Where is that? Why don't? Why can't the world? know what's going on mm-hmm. you know with the uh test that's going on yeah the the public should know you know if these fighters is clean or not right because every month there's fighters coming up positive for steroids or 
or banned substance. Well, look at the Anthony Joshua Dillian White fight. Yeah. It's canceled two weeks out. Yeah. Huge heavyweight fight. Yeah. And Dillian White pops. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not the first time. No, he's popped before, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's, it's it's sad for Anthony Joshua to, you know, go through those things that I'm training for this fighter and then he popped now, boom, I'm hit with. Right. Got to prepare for somebody else. And them the worst ones when they come, you know, at the last minute and mm -hmm. they ready. Right. Because some people just train just waiting for that call. Right. And, you know, you never know. Also, him fighting Helenus after Deontay starched him. That's like, because everyone's going to prepare, compare you rather. Because mm -hmm. Deontay, Deontay hits so hard, it's, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. He hits so he he hits so different than Definitely. everybody else. Definitely doesn't make sense, man. The Helena's fight, he was like moving back, and he went like that, Blah! Yeah, he, and that dude just shut off. He blessed with with dynamite in, in, in that right hand, like, like nobody before. Nobody, like nobody, like nobody. In the history of the heavyweight division, we have some giant punchers: Ernie Shavers, George yeah. Foreman, Mike Tyson. But I put Deontay at the top <laughs> of the heap, right? Hey, he, he. I don't know. I don't know, man. Because those guys, you know, what I mean, they was tough as nails back in the days. Yeah. But I think Deontay Wilder, man, he hit you a couple of times with that right hand. Yeah. If you ain't Tyson Fury, you going to sleep. Right. He's the only dude. <laughs> He's the only dude. The first fight was bananas. Yes. When he catches him with that right hand and the left hook as he's going down, then Deontay goes like this, ah, and he thought it was over. And this motherfucker rises like the Undertaker. Yes. Just got I was like, there is no way. There's no way. And then he starts outboxing him. Mm -hmm. Like, how? He beat him last. I mean, I thought he came back and won the rest of the round. I think he did. And then he took that strategy into the second fight. Mm -hmm. He realized that Deontay does not fight as well when you're going after him. Mm -hmm. And so then he just dominates the second fight and dominates the third. But in the third, when he, he got rocked once so hard, you could watch the ripple, the shock wave go down his body, and it was jiggling his fat, mm -hmm. jiggling his back fat from the shot. It was just boom. There's, I don't think there's another person right. in the heavyweight division that would have ate that shot like Tyson At all. did. I think, I think I told everybody, both both fighters won that fight, the first fight. I said because Tyson Fury, I don't know if he made the count, but any other fighter, you get dropped like that, they was going to call it off. Right. Because dude literally, boom, yeah, looked up, and it was just like any other fighter, they would have counted out. And I feel like Tyson Fury won on points. Yeah. I, 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 he was winning the fight. He got up, still winning. Second fight, Tyson Fury hands down. But the third fight, Deontay Wilder could have made it a better, interesting fight, but he got tired. Mm. He was working real well, but he yeah. got tired. But, you know, uh, Tyson Fury's smart. He started putting that weight on him, started mm -hmm. laying on him. You know what I mean? So no, he's that's incredible. A, that's the experience, you know yeah. what I mean? So he's incredible. Yeah. I mean, and he's such a character too. He's such a fun dude. Yeah, he's funny. He's so funny. He got so mad at me because I said John Jones would fuck him up. <laughs> in the in the in the octagon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said in a fight, in a fight, fight. It's like no man would beat me. Oh no! Nah. Lock me in a room with any man. I'm coming out alive. No, nah, John. No, John, no, no. he's a he's a dangerous dude, man. Y'all better leave him alone. Leave him alone.
Yeah, it's just well. Listen, I believe firmly that if Tyson Fury learned wrestling and learned Muay Thai when he was younger, just like John did, he would be a world champion. Yeah, but I he think ain't that guy, John. he's not beating John now. John. No, 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 no. No one's beating John. Yeah, even if he was to train when he was little, he's still not beating John. John. He'd have to be a great wrestler too. Yeah. Like the, the thing about John is he can do everything. He everything. Can do everything. Every. And he's the most. He has the highest octagon iq he's the best at like implementing his strategy and utilizing his reach and just mm -hmm. figuring out how to get a hold of you he's the best he's gonna find a way to win that's, yeah that's my guy he's amazing he's amazing but like when it comes to heavyweight boxers tyson fury is one of my all-time great i have two favorite all-time fighters mike tyson in his prime which was just like a cultural phenomenon yeah like, when you would watch Mike Tyson fights back in the day, they were executions. Right. Like, you were just paying, and you were hoping it lasted a little, because you're paying for the pay-per-view. Like, I hope he doesn't knock this guy out in 10 seconds. Yeah, so you yeah. wanted to see something. And they was literally, like, two rounds, one round. <laughs> it was amazing. People forget. Like, when you see him in his prime, when he was bobbing and weaving and stuff. I was talking to the guys last night at the comedy club, and I was talking about the Marvis Frazier fight. And I, that, to me, is the most terrifying version of Mike Tyson. Because yeah. Marvis Frazier really didn't have a chance. His father was propping him up. His father wanted him to fight Tyson because, you know, Joe Frazier would have wanted to fight Tyson when he was in his prime. He's like, I'm going to get my son out there mm -hmm. and do it. And Tyson just came out, guns blazing. This was Tyson before he won the title. 24 wins, zero losses, 22 knockouts, and a heavyweight like nobody had ever seen before. Moved like a lightweight the way he was bobbing and weaving and coming in close, he was so fast. Yeah. But his punches were just ridiculous angles and accuracy. I fucking love this fight. Yeah, nobody nobody was like it, especially in the heavyweight division. No, it was a totally different thing. This is it. You see him set up the uppercut, he paw 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 with that jab yeah. and boom. It was incredible. He, in his prime, I, I feel like I would have loved to see him against any of the greats, any of the greats. Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali, anybody, any of the greats, I would have loved to have seen Tyson in his prime against those guys. Yeah, if they could take a punch, then it would be interesting. <laughs> the punches come so fast. Yeah. The thing about Tyson, too, is the speed. Yeah, that's why I said. <sighs> they could take a punch. The speed was insane. Because he get hit. Tyson got hit oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know, it's just that. You know, he's he's willing to take a hit to get his powerful hit off. Well, he also had that neck that started yeah. at the top of his ears. <laughs> his neck started up here, man. Yeah. It's a crazy neck, man. He could take a punch better than anybody. Better than anybody. So what you think? Let me ask you a question. Okay. So what you think on uh, about the business uh, side of MMA and, and boxing? In what way? And, like, you know, the way of the fighters getting, you know, not getting what they deserve. In MMA? And boxing. Well, both. you know, it's tricky, right? Like this whole thing with you and Spence, like trying to negotiate a, a proper contract. You know, there's a lot of vultures. There's a lot of weasels. The one good thing about the UFC is that there's one organization that controls it. Yes. The one bad thing about the UFC is that there's one organization that controls it. So you got good and bad. So, like... If I was a manager of a fighter, I would want fighters like like your career, where you're tested and you're 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 facing ever increasing challenges, but it's calculated. 
it's calculated and you you get lessons from each fight and then you build up to a point where you're ready to challenge for a title like john jones fought for the title when he was 22. i mean it was a last minute fight um rashad evans got hurt and john jones went in to fight shogun john was just so fucking talented so above everybody else that he dominated that fight and walked away the world champion and destroyed shogun he opened up the fight with a flying knee mm. 22 years old first title fight opens up with a flying knee who the fuck does that nobody mm. does that. everybody would be nervous everybody be john's just so loose and creative in there but in mma a lot of times fighters get fights they're really not ready for right and they but have i'm not to talking the about fight. the aspect of i'm talking about the business side of it well the business side it, it be, speaks to that as well because for a fighter to get to a point where they're undefeated and they have a big name then they start getting the big money mm -hmm. and then they're the headline of the card and you know i think there's a lot of there's a lot of good in that there's a lot of good in preparing a fighter properly like you see a lot of fighters when they fight for a title they might have like 16 and 1 16 and 0 like people like undefeated records mm -hmm. it's very rare that a ufc fighter gets all the way to a title fight without some losses definitely and I think that also speaks to the the style differences, the wrestling, the kickbox, all the different things that you might face inside the octagon and having to prepare for that. But That's one thing I like about MMA. You know, uh, those guys, they still great fighters. They still get praise, you know, even though they probably got five losses. Yes. You know, one loss don't define how great they is, you know, um, compared to boxing. Right. You know, uh, look how the media and how people is bashing Errol Spence. Like, he's not great. Crazy. You know what I mean? Just because he lost to an all-time great fighter and myself. Right. You know, uh, that's all the fighters that I didn't fought. You know, once I fight them and, you know, I dismantle them, they say, oh, well, those guys is weak. Those guys are not great fighters, though. Those guys is tomato cans. They washed up. They bums. I'm like, dang, how can you disrespect this man? And he didn't work his ass off to get to the level that he is. Undefeated. To even even be able to champion. challenge me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Can I just be that good? Why Why they got to be bums? Why they got to be tomato cans? Isn't that just a lot of noise, though? There's a lot of people that their opinions are stupid. Yeah. There's a lot of people their opinions suck. It's but like, if you watch, if you, if you, if you looked at my whole career, that's what was always said. Terrence Crawford I haven't fought anybody. Terrence Crawford, you know, uh, only fought uh, washed fighters. Terrence Crawford this, Terrence Crawford that. But now, after the Spence, that's what I said. shut the fuck up. That's but, what I said. But don't listen to those people. Like, listen to Andre Ward. No, they motivate me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they do. They motivate okay. me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like want, David Goggins. Yeah, I want to I want to see it. I, I, want, I want to hear it. I want to see it because... You know that that lights that fuel, right? And then I just grit my teeth and be like, Err. "Well, one of the most crazy stories about your career is your mom. Yeah. It's about how your mom just never gave you any praise. Yeah. Just like, nope, not good enough. She was tough. She was she was tough. You know what I mean? I I love my mom to death. That's my that's my heart. It's my girl. You know what I mean? But that was just her way of pushing me to be great. You know what I mean? And um, she just knew that her son." was 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 so competitive she was just like all right let me see how competitive you is let me come here little kid 
You would, he, she would pay people to try to beat you up. Yeah, no. We, well, we have gloves. We have gloves, and you know, because yeah. I come from a, a my my family was all into boxing. My dad's side of the family, uh, my mom's side of the family. So she was always tough. So she'll get the little kids in the neighborhood five dollars if they can if they can win. We'll be in the front yard, and you know, I I beat them all up. I beat them all up. <laughs> I'd be like, now nah, what? Well, you give me the money, <laughs> you know. It's amazing how it worked. I mean, now it's not something like I think a psychologist would recommend for raising a child, right? But sometimes they're wrong, yeah. you know. And it depends on the person whether they, they can rise to that challenge. And obviously, yeah. it made you great. Yeah, I think that's why I said, you know, uh, I love to hear the the doubters, the naysayers, because I think it's something in me from my past trauma with my mom, you know, me trying to trying to prove her wrong, you know, me fighting for her, you know, uh, approval. So, you know, it goes back to when I was a kid when, you know, she would say, oh, man, you ain't, you ain't going to win it. And I'd go out there and win. I'd come back with the belt. And she taking pictures with the belt. Look, <laughs> look what my son got. Look what my son did. You know what I mean? But then, you know, when when it's just me and her, you still ain't shit. You ain't, you ain't gonna win the next one. You know what I mean? So I laugh and stuff like that. That's and, amazing. You know, yeah. So it was just you know, uh, my mom knew what she was doing at a for, for me at a young age. She was instilling you know mentally toughness mm. because you know um, through anything that's going on in my life, I'm always focused. No matter what it is, it can be. A loud room full of full of people. It can be fifty people in a room, and I could be fighting the next day. And the average person be like, "Man, what is you doing, dude? You got a big fight tomorrow. Like, you need to be focusing. You need to be resting. You they need to be out the room. You know, I'll be sitting there. I'll be like, I'm good. I'm not doing nothing. They just sitting here talking. What's right. wrong with that? Because I'm so locked in. Because yeah. once I'm focused on something. <laughs> that's not going to distract me. And I think that's that comes from my upbringing as well. Have you ever worked with a sports psychologist or anything? Nah. Nothing. But I used to have to uh, see counselors and stuff like that when I was little. If you get in trouble. Huh? If you get in trouble. No, I used to get in trouble. Yeah. I used to have an anger problem. I used to be mad at the world. And I always tell people, I don't know why I was so mad, but then as I got older, I, I was realized that you know, my dad was gone, and I wanted my dad to be there. Yeah. And, like, my mom, like, everything, you know, I do wrong, I was getting a whooping for it. So it was like, that's all I know. You say something I don't like, I'm whooping your ass. You do something <laughs> I don't like, I'm whooping your ass. So it was just like everything that I was getting at home for getting in trouble, when I go out into the real, real world, I was, you know, doing the same thing that my mom was doing to me when I get in trouble or say something or do something that she don't like, I was getting a whooping for it, you know? You're not listening. So if I'd be like, dude, shut up talking to me. And you still talking to me, you're not listening, now we got to fight. <laughs> I got to beat your ass because now, <laughs> now, now you're not listening. Now you didn't piss me off. So, you know, I used, to, I used to get in trouble a lot. I used to get in trouble a lot. Well, it seems like with all great fighters, They've overcome some serious problems when they're young. Yeah, like every great fighter. It's it's very rare that you have a great fighter that had like this like perfect upbringing where nothing ever went wrong, 
everything was fine, got everything they wanted, anything yeah. they needed. You know, it seems like every fighter has to come. They have to overcome people downing them, people dismissing them. They have to overcome that. Oh, yeah, definitely. From school to to everywhere, you know. Yeah. A lot of people, I don't think nobody but my family members thought that I was going to turn out to be the guy that I am today. Like, when I see people that knew me when I was little, they just, you know, like, they just want to cry. They just like, but I just can't believe how how of a man you grown into. I would have never believed this would be you. Like, you talk so well. You ain't in trouble. You, you, you doing things for the community. I'm just, I'm just in disbelief. Like, I'm just so proud of you, and I just be like, thank you, because nobody thought that I would turn out to be who I am today you know uh and it just goes to the show that it don't matter how you start it always matter how you finish well it's also your composure you know you have this ability like you can talk shit in the middle of a fight to someone who's sitting ringside yeah like it's kind of amazing you're just always composed Definitely. you know i think it's because you've overcome all that shit but because your mind is centered it's even when we were talking about cars earlier when I was showing you the Barracuda. Mm. You're like, I don't drive any of my cars. I drive my truck. You yeah. just listen to all these cool cars you have. You just stay low-key. Yeah. Stay low-key and keep it together. Yeah. Stay composed. I got to. That's just me, you know. Yeah. I, I never I never want to be nothing other than myself. Like, I remember my family members, you know, a couple of my friends, they're like, man, you need to talk more shit. You need to be like Mayweather. You need to do this. You need to do that. I'm like, no, I don't. I said that's him. That's that's not me. Right. I mean, you you see Tank them. You you see all these fighters. You know Broner them. You see that's how you get the money. That's how you get the money. You gotta you gotta entertain. You gotta show the money. You gotta do this. I'm like, I'm gonna be myself, and that's I thrived on that. You know yeah. because when it's all said and done, when when all the money gone. When all the fans done chatting your name, now who you really is. Right. Now you got to search and find the real you. But if the real you been there all along, you're going you gonna to be happy. You ain't, you ain't going to have to, you know, go through therapy. You ain't going to have to be buying friends. You ain't going to be having to stay in the sport to hear that chant again. Yeah. So when you... When you walk away from the sport, you're going to walk away from the sport as a man with your head high, and you're just going to wave. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Well, you have a rock-solid philosophy. I love that. It's, it's one of the things I really admire about Andre Ward. Andre Ward, Olympic gold medalist, two-division world champion, retires undefeated. He's like, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. That's good. All my faculties completely intact. And they even offered him a big money fight against Canelo after he beat Kovalev. After he knocked out Kovalev, they offered money to Andre, a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I think I better serve boxing as a commentator, yeah. which is amazing for a guy who's still in his physical prime. Still, I mean, I, there's video footage of him working out, still in tip-top condition. Looks fantastic. Yeah, he had, he had a lot of injuries, though. Yeah, the shoulder, the big And one. the knee. The knee was big, but the shoulder. I mean, he's a yeah. one-armed fighter yeah. for most of his career, which is so incredible. Right. He beat everybody with a left hand. <laughs> everybody. Went through the whole Super 6 tournament. Great. Beat everybody with a left hand. Great. Yeah. And then finally got it fixed and fucked Kovalev up in the rematch with a right hand. Right. It's crazy. Crazy. I always said I want to retire from boxing. I never wanted boxing to retire, from, retire me. Mm. Uh, 
My goal was always to retire at 33. 33? 33. Is it because the fights didn't come? Like no, the, the I just— Like the Spence fight or— Even before that. But why did you decide to keep going? I just—I I don't know. It's just like my body was just like, man, you ain't done. You know what I mean? Even though, you know, I wanted to retire, it was just like, you're not done. Like, you got a lot to prove. You got a lot to accomplish. You're still in your prime. So it's like, all right, keep going because I, I wanted that mega fight. Mm. I wanted that, that big fight to where it's like no denying who Terrence Crawford is, you know, or what he stood for or, you know, the family man he was. I wanted the people still to to know who Terrence Crawford was. And I feel like there was people that knew who I was and that followed me, but it wasn't solidified worldwide yet. Mm. So, But look, what, now even that it is, you still want the next challenge. Nah, I really don't have nothing to prove. I can walk away right now, and I constantly it on that. You know, I do that every day. I wake up. Do I still want to box? Do I still want to box? Because I don't need to box because I done great with my money. I invested great with my money. I got a lot of great uh, businesses. I got a lot of great uh, things that, that I'm doing. So uh, that's that generate money. So I don't need boxing. I'm doing I'm doing this for legacy, you know. So if it's not, that's why I said if if Charlo move up in weight and they strip him for his belt, there's no need for me and Charlo to fight because he's not undisputed. You yelled at him from the from the ring. Of course, like, you next. Of course, <laughs> I've been saying that for for years. I said I'm gonna I'm gonna whoop Spence. Then I'm gonna whoop you, and I meant it, you know. Um, but yeah, if he's not undisputed, then you know that 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 fight don't, you know, I don't know. It don't. It's not interesting to me no more because I'm trying to make all time history. Right. You know, um, if the Canelo fight uh, fight come to fruition, then that's a fight that I'd be willing to take just off the wrist. Mm. You know, to be one of the all-time greats that, you know, that, 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 that's a fight. That, that's the one that gets you going. I yeah, can see it in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fight because of the challenge. Yeah. I love the challenges. And I love I love the people that I hear them now. You're too little. You know, Canelo going to break you. He's going to stop you. You come from 147, that way too big. This and that. I can hear now. And that just excite me to go in there and just be like, okay, let me prove him wrong once again. That fight would be gigantic. If Canelo gets through Jamel and then you guys fight, that yeah. fight would be gigantic. And it's crazy because, like, in the past interviews, I was like, man, Canelo too big, man. It's weight classes for a reason. I was like, no. Nah. But in my mind, in my heart, I don't think nobody too big. You know, especially in a fight. I'm I'm a fighter. But, like, I was thinking, like, man, it could happen. So you start really sitting down, like, man, that fight maybe can happen. Okay, so now you start you start sizing sizing them up. You be like, all right, he 5'8", I'm 5'8". My arm's longer than his. He bigger than me, but I'm faster. 
you know. So then you start doing the advantages. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, man, we right there. Yeah. We right there. You know what I mean? So I was like, man. And it's not like he yeah. didn't go up and win as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was like, man, that's that's a fight. And that's it's the same kind of fighter too, because like that's why he went up and fought Bivol. That's why he fought Kovalev. He won yeah. that challenge. Yeah. For him to go up from junior middleweight all the way up to light heavyweight and win the title. Definitely. But going up and becoming undisputed against Canelo, who? <laughs> Come on, man! I'm flying in in the sunset, man. Thank you, boxing gods. That would be it. That would be it. Yeah. That's 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 the, that's the only thing get for me. I didn't accomplish everything there is to accomplish in the sport of boxing. You know, um, there's really nothing for me to accomplish right now. Like anything, it's about the money now. It's about the money. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not, but the money and to beat Canelo, if that fight was ever to happen, mm. come on, man. Y'all better leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all better leave me alone, man. Call me, call me you know what I mean, yeah. TBC, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, that's what I've been thinking about. I don't know why. You know, I was just like, man, the last few days I was like, man, I don't know if it's God talking to me or what, but that's a fight that if he win, if Canelo win, then, yeah, I'm going to try to pursue that. I love that. I love that mentality. I yeah. do. I love it. I yeah. love it because that's where it's at. That's that's what makes all-time greats. Yeah. It's like you, you have to have that mountain to climb. But nobody went up. I don't think nobody went up three weight classes. Well, didn't Roy? Roy started 160. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, not at once. Right. You right. know what I mean? From 147 to 168. No. The closest is that is when Canelo went up 68 to 75, starting at 54. Yeah. No, not starting. I'm saying, right. I started at 135. Right. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You know right. what I mean? I'm just saying, like, say if Canelo was the champion at 147 mm -hmm. to go up. Right, 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 right in one jump. Yeah, in yeah. one jump. It's a big jump, too. 21 yeah. pounds. It's a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight. Yeah, that's I that's spar exciting. big guys, though. Do you? Yeah, I spar big guys. That's why I'm, like, I'm starting thinking, like, man, oh, I, I probably can be great. <laughs> I probably can be great, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's different in the fight, but I believe in my skills and my ability. And I believe in my team. I believe we'll we'll come up with something that, you know, um, would be suitable for me to be successful in that fight. That would probably be the biggest fight in boxing. Definitely. That fight would be gigantic. It would. That would be a big one. I have to go to that one. That Definitely. one happens. I got to go there. You were supposed to go to this last. I couldn't. One. That was at the UFC. Yeah. I wanted to go. It's crazy how they had it on the same day. Yeah, it sucked. But it was good because my fight was early. Then y'all fight was yeah. later on that night, so I didn't. I've, I've unfortunately somebody spoiled it for me. Oh, they did. Yeah, they spoiled <laughs> it for me. And then, then I, I said, "All right, let me watch the highlights." Yeah, and I was just watch the highlights on my phone. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. And then I got home and watched the the whole fight on the big screen. That's what's up. That's what's I up. I actually got Paramount Plus just for you. Yeah, <laughs> so I could watch it. Hey, you couldn't watch it anywhere else after it was already aired. I appreciate it. It was magnificent, man. 
I just I love excellence. I love when someone just rises to the top of a shark infested pool because mm-hmm. that's what boxing is, you know. And when you're at your level, and when you could perform that way against a guy like Errol Spence, against a guy who's an undefeated, you know, elite champion, and for you to perform that way, this is what to me is what boxing is all about. When one person shows. That there are levels upon levels upon levels upon levels. Yeah. You know, and then it puts you in this category where people go, okay, well, what other champions can move around in weight classes or go up or come down? Like, you know, there's, I know there's been a lot of discussion about different people from different weight classes coming up to you. Is there anything else that's interesting to you other than Canelo or Jamel? Nah. Nothing. Nope. You just need like dragons to slay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at this point in your life, you can't even fight a regular fighter. Yeah, like I don't know. Like I get excited. When, I don't know why. I get excited when I talk about Canelo. Like I used used to get excited about Pacquiao. Really? You know, I used to get so, so excited. Like man, I'm gonna be able to fight Pacquiao. You know, because is that the one you think got away? Yeah, it definitely did. It definitely did. I try, I try my eyes off. What stopped that fight from happening? They didn't want to fight. It's too dangerous. They didn't want to fight. Freddie Roach said he didn't want to fight. They, his Pacquiao handlers didn't want to fight. Mm. You know, I believe Pacquiao as a fighter, he wanted to fight, but they didn't want to fight for him. So, you know, um, it just got away. Uh, when looking back at like Floyd' career, like him coming up in the in the in the uh, era that he came up in, he had all them champions that he was able to fight. Mm. And that's what led him to be uh, so great, you know, because he fought the most champions, beat the most champions, you know, got the most money for beating the most champions. So it was just like, man, he had this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, back to back to fight, one after one, you know. And uh, when I was coming at the peak of my career, they all retired. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I can't get these guys' name on my resume. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, um, now I'm the old guy in the uh, in the era, you know, that the young guys want to try to get a piece yeah. of to build their legacy and uh, put names on their resume. And it's just going to keep history going to keep repeating itself yeah there's always going to be a new guy coming up and there's like right now you got boots ennis in your weight class definitely what do you think about him oh he's very very talented he's unproven but he's very talented yeah you know um the eye test tells it all you know he's got the it you know uh but we haven't seen him against any elite fighter we've never seen him tested so um until then you know, we just gonna keep saying, "Oh, boots, boots, boots," until he meet that fighter that's gonna test him. Is he's is he the mandatory? Yeah, I I probably got like three mandatories. Really? Oh, right. Yeah. Four <laughs> weight classes, four belts. Yeah. yeah. Is is that a fight that you would be interested in? Nah. It just don't make sense right now in my career. Like I said, like especially money wise, don't nobody really know boots, but right. us. You right. know, um, I'm looking for bigger 
and better challenges like Canelo. You're just looking for the big ones. Yeah. The big fish. Yeah. Fish fry. That definitely. <laughs> definitely. Them the them the guys I'm looking for, you know. Why do you say fish fry? Because he called himself the big fish. Oh. <laughs> you know, Errol, Errol said he was the big fish, and I said we was going to fry him. We was going to reel him in. We was going to put him on the bank. We was going to gut him. We was going to fillet him. Then we was going to fry him. And that's what happened. Yeah, and you did it. When boxing is, this is a great time for boxing. There's Definitely. so many stars coming up right now. And everybody yeah. fighting each other. And yeah. What did you think of the Lomachenko Devin Haney fight? That was a great fight. I was actually ringside. You know, uh Devin Devin showed a lot of heart, grit. Canelo showed a lot of heart and grit. Lomachenko. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> I said yeah. Canelo. See my mind. He's like you got you're locked in. Yes. Lomachenko, he showed a lot of heart and grit and you know, they fought their ass off. You know, they fought their ass off and the better man won that day. Did you think that the decision made sense? Man, listen, I'm not no judge. Mm -hmm. I uh, tell people I'm not a judge. I can't, you know, tell a person that's been judging probably longer than I've been boxing, you know, uh, what he's basing his uh, rounds on or why he uh, give what round to who. we can we can we can argue all day, but that that ain't gonna change the results. Right. So um, I just don't get into it. I just hope that I never be on the end of that that stick. Right. Yeah. That's that's what's unfortunate is that it was such a great fight, but so many people thought the decision wasn't right that it sort of diminished the accomplishments of both fighters. Because Devin Haney fought a brilliant fight, and so did Lomachenko. I mean, Lomachenko turned the clock back. It mm-hmm. looked incredible. Yeah. Both of them. Both of them put on a show. You know, um, I was I was rooting for Devin the whole time. You know, um, but both of them put a put a hell of a show on, and you know, uh, got to tip my hats off to them because you know they put it all on the line. Yeah, and you know that weight class is a fucking stacked weight class too. When Devin Haney beat Cambosis and beat him twice, and just the way he did it, like the way he looked. I, mean, oh, I already knew that. <laughs> you already knew that. Yeah. Definitely not 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 taking nothing away from. Cambos is just levels. It's levels. Levels. You know, yeah. it's a reason why, you know, people was avoiding Devin and Shakur. Right. Because those two boxing phenoms, you know, if you're not if you're not on that 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 level mentally, like you're not even gonna compete with those two dudes. Right. This it's such an interesting thing because a lot of people don't know. You know, the, the the general public, when someone gets to, like, an elite level, they need some high-profile fight in order for people to realize. Because mm-hmm. all the boxing fans realize. Like, Shakur is a great example. He's not really a household name, but he should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an elite fighter. He's so fucking good. But he needs, like, a big, high-profile fight. Like Gervonta did, you know, against Nobody want to fight him. Right. Nobody want to fight him. Yeah. And I and I and I see why, you know, I get it. But at the same time, you know, they're gonna have to see him sooner or later. No matter what, no matter how far they, they, they go, they're gonna have to see him sooner or later. So, you know, all these fighters, you know, he's calling out everybody. 
He's calling out the pit bull. He's calling out Lomachenko. Yeah. He's calling out Devin. He's calling out, you know, Tank. He's calling out everybody. Yeah. And he want to fight everybody right now. Right. You know, and uh, that's a dangerous man when you know how talented he is. And he's motivated. He's focused. He's he's stay in the gym. He's a gym rat. He, he, he loves boxing to the core. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a dangerous man right now because he – he got something on his mind that, you know, he wanna he wanna accomplish. And he's still very young. Yeah. Very young and still getting better with every fight. Mm-hmm. Him versus Tank would be insane. Yeah. Tank is one of the most interesting fighters to watch because he's so different. His style is so different. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so economical. Like he puts pressure on guys without throwing too many punches, and then he starts to figure holes out. And the way he can explode and move in with one shot, my God. Yeah, he's he very explosive. He's very explosive, and, you know, uh, man, he be cracking them dudes. <laughs> cracking people. Hey, he, he be putting them to sleep. Just cracking lie. people. Yeah. And he has so much confidence in his power. So much definitely. confidence in his power. That he doesn't give a fuck if he's giving away a couple Yeah, he definitely be giving away rounds, but, you know, he just, in his mind, he know it's a matter of time before I mm-hmm. catch you. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing with Tank, you know, these these fighters, you know, uh you got to be aware 15 rounds. I know you're going 12, but you <laughs> you got to think you're going three more because you know, the slightest slip and we've seen it. Yeah. You know, time and time again. One slip, one mistake and it's over. Yeah. You know, so uh you know, Hats off to uh, Tank. You know he's 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 a great talented fighter, but again, he haven't faced the top right. elite uh, fighters in his division. Right. You know, so uh, we want to see Tank against you know somebody his size. You know, at the at the uh, elite level. Yeah. And I I believe he'll do good because, you know, he got the skills, the power, he got the ring IQ to do good but we haven't seen that yet yeah he's an he's also wild he's a yeah. wild fella so he's fun to watch you know he's yeah. just a crazy dude you know yeah coming from baltimore man i think yeah. that's just his upbringing as mm-hmm. well you know product of his own environment yes yes for sure he's just so, so unique in his approach like you know he doesn't fight like anybody else yeah he's all right I just get very frustrated when there's amazing fights that are on the table that don't get made, you know, like uh, Usyk and Tyson Fury. Yeah. I was like, I want to see. I know Usyk is small, right? I know he's small for the weight class, but God damn, that dude is good. God damn, he's good. And the pace that he fights at for a heavyweight is insane. Definitely. I think that goes back to, you know, the business. Mm -hmm. You know, um the business side, you know, Usyk is, you know, a great fighter and it has accomplished great things in the sport of boxing. And for him to get disrespected, you know, in the negotiations, because I'm pretty sure that's probably what it came down to, uh, is, 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 is not right. Well, he was willing to accept 70-30, yeah. which is crazy. But he's like, I just I want this fight. This is yeah. a big fight. And he must realize also that 30% of a Tyson Fury fight is probably bigger than anything he's ever had before in his life. But I still honestly think, you know, uh, he deserved more than that. I think so too. You know, But I love the fact that he said yes. Yeah. 
and then it still didn't happen. Right. So, you know, who 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 was behind the reason why it didn't happen? Yeah. I don't that's know. that's when you start right. asking those type of questions. Who do you think was behind it? I don't know. I can't say. I wasn't, right. you know, in the negotiations, but you know, uh, it should be some type of form where, you know, these fights should be mandatory to happen, so you can clean up the sport of boxing. It can only be one champion in one division, like the UFC. Right. You know, I think we got too many titles. I think we got too many sanctioned bodies. I think, you know, uh, we need to clean up the sport as a whole. I think the fights need, I mean, the fighters need, you know, pensions. We need 401Ks. We need a union. We need uh, health health uh, insurance. I think we need all that. You know, uh, we put our life on the line to go out here and entertain, you know, the people. And once once we done entertaining, we leave home, you know, and we come home not the same fighter that we once was when we left, you know, and uh, it's heartbreaking to see a lot of these old-time fighters, you know, that speaking impaired and, you know, uh, can't enjoy the fruit of their labor or just flat-out broke, and they gave their they life to the sport and do, doesn't have anything to show for it. And I think that's wrong. I think, you know, we need to create something to where at least the fighters can, you know, live comfortable after the sport of boxing, given if, you know, something dramatic was to happen or, you know, you didn't put in a certain amount of years in a sport that you can pay in on your own uh, to have you a 401k. So when you retire, you got some type of income coming in because when you're getting that much money so fast and so frequently, you just spend it. You just spend it because in your mind, I'm going to fight again and I'm going to get it again. I'm going to fight again, then I'm going to get it again. But then you start living off of that. And then once you get to the end, tail end of your career, you're like, damn, I didn't spend millions and millions. And I got a couple of more fights. Now you're struggling, you know, because you got to pay taxes. If not, they come in and take everything you got. And then, you know, you pay taxes, now you got not even half of that. And now you're looking like, damn, I got to make this stretch. And then you ain't got no work ethic skills because you've been boxing your whole life. You didn't go to college to get no uh, curricular skills in other lanes. So, uh, yeah, I think we, we need to create something to clean up the sport of boxing. Do you think it's possible to eliminate the sanctioning bodies? I mean, the only person that can kind of do it is a guy like you. Because, like, if you're a world champion in four different organizations, you're undisputed. There's no one that can say they're the welterweight champion of the world except for Terrence Crawford. If you say, all these belts are bullshit, like, I'm the fucking champion, whether it's the ring magazine belt or whatever you, you sanction, whatever you sanction, mm -hmm. do you think it's possible to do something like that? I think it is. I think I think anything is possible, you know. I think, you know, Floyd, I think Canelo, they showed us time and time again that it's not about the belts. When you get to a certain point in your career, you're bigger than the belts. Right. Uh, coming up, everybody want to be a champion. But once you get your name out there and you become a megastar or star, the belts don't mean nothing. We paying for the belts. 
How much do you have to pay? We gotta pay like what three percent? Three percent? Two percent? Three percent? Like that's crazy. Definitely. That's so it's so like, crazy. It's like I'm paying you to make me a belt. And do you have to pay three percent to each individual section? Yeah. Wow. Some of them is different. Some of them is three. Some of them two. You know. So it's like I'm paying for you to come out here and watch me fight to to give me a belt that. You know what I mean? I'm already paying for Like, come on now. I'm right. paying you. You're not paying me. I'm paying you. So right. the only one that really matters is the ring belt because it's free. <laughs> it's free. Like, why do I got to pay to be champion? Yeah. Once you start thinking about that, like, dang. Yeah. I'm paying all this money. And the ring magazine champion. belt is as respected as any of them. Yeah. That's the number one guy in the division. Yeah. And that's how it should be. I don't think... You know, uh, a champion should have to pay to be champion. No. And where is all the other money going to? Yeah. You know, especially when you get to these high price fights, you know, that that, that 2 and 3% is turning into a lot of money. Yes. So you're like, okay, so what are you doing with the money? Right. Where is the money going to? Like, Where's the value? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so The value is entirely in you. Definitely. And you and your name, That's a, people don't give a fuck about those three letters. At all. At all. They just know Terrence Crawford's the best. And who he's fighting, who cares, like whatever it is, that's the big fight. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, WBO, WBC, no, IBF, yeah, oh, nobody gives a fuck. They don't. Nobody they gives don't. a fuck. They, 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 they care about who you beat. Oh, you just beat the, nobody, you know what I mean, care about the, the belts. You know, yeah, it's cool to say, you know what I mean, He's an undisputed champion of the world, you know what I mean? Or he's a champion of the world. That's beautiful, you know what I mean? That's that's history. That's legacy. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, it's all about the man's future. Yeah. You know, and that, and that money that we spending on them belts and then them, with them sanctioned bodies can go to our, our kids and our family. Yes. You know, so um, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of money that— A lot of leeches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think about like what Floyd's doing? What Floyd's doing is kind of crazy. I love it. It's amazing. He's making more money than most boxers. Just fighting people have zero chance. I love it. I love it because it's entertainment. Yes. You know, um, Ali did it. Tyson did it. Like, why can't Floyd do it? A lot of people... Well, Floyd's doing it better than anybody. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. A lot of people getting mad because how well he's doing it. Yeah. But if I was in Floyd's position... And uh, I got the opportunity to do what Floyd is doing right now, travel the world, uh, sparring. Yeah. You know, I would I would do it. We spar for free. Right. You know, why not spar for some millions of dollars? It's not going on my record. I'm entertaining. I'm, uh, you know, uh, I'm getting a workout uh, at the same time. Why not? Right. No, I agree. I think it's amazing. I just love the fact that he's gamed the system. Yeah. You know, because the system is you get to a certain point in time, you're a champion, you make as much money as you possibly can, you retire, and then there's no more money. Yeah. And Floyd's like, let me just box some people that have zero chance. Yeah. And then now with what's going on in, like, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, like, mm -hmm. you can get paid insane amounts of money. Like, if you're Floyd, people just want to see you perform. Definitely. And he just, Not just if you Floyd. You see Tyson Fury now went over there. And well, he's got to fight in Ghana. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's happening in October. That is an interesting thing. That's an interesting thing. 
because you got a guy in Francis Ngannou who was the heavyweight champ, retired from the UFC, left the UFC as the champ, but has zero professional boxing fights. He has no chance. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I was at when I was doing an uh, interview at the UFC gym, they asked me about the fight. I said he have no chance. Tyson Fury all day. You talking about one of the best heavyweights ever. Ever. You know what I mean? And you think this guy with no boxing experience is gonna come in there and just beat him? He don't hit harder than Ty uh he don't he don't hit harder than Deontay Wilder. No, nobody hits harder. So than so Deontay. what you think this guy gonna do with them ten ounce gloves on? Now it's, with four ounces, six ounces what he wear, he probably strong, but yeah. Add some more ounces on, you know, it's a different game. He's gonna get tired, mm -hmm. you know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a different game. Yeah, he's he doesn't have the experience, and to go from, listen, I think that he could have a. He's also thirty six, you know. He could have a career as a heavyweight boxer because he hit so fucking hard. Yeah. If they built him up and he starts fighting guys and you know different styles and and gets to the point where he's really got experience a few years down the line, he could fight world class fighters. I think he could fight good boxers if he know. if he learns those lessons. I don't know, 36, but to do it at thirty six, that's, that's what yeah, I'm saying. That's that's yeah. a little up there, you know. That's up there. It's gonna yeah. take it's gonna take some years to develop him. A long to, time. To take him through them steps and get tested, and yeah, you know he walking right into the championship with nothing. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I commend him though. He oh well, <laughs> he wants the bag. He's gonna yeah. get a big one. I mean, Definitely. I don't know what he's gonna get paid, but it's gonna be more money than he's ever made before. Right, I believe him. Yeah, that's why all those MMA guys coming over to boxing, mm -hmm. trying to you know they see yeah. Conor McGregor, they like oh yeah, made all that money. Yeah, let me try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a fascinating fight, Connor versus Floyd. Yeah. It was fascinating because Connor's a, a talented fighter, but to just jump right in against the best ever, like it's just. Hey, he did what he had to do. He yeah, got that bag. That's got, all. Yeah. That's all it it, it it comes down to, you know, uh, solidifying yourself and taking care of your family. Yeah, you know that's why I say a lot of people they look at. A lot of these boxers that have a loss, and then they just think they're not good or, you know, great. Man, them, them guys train their ass off. You know what these fighters go through in the MMA and boxing? Man, fighters go through the most to just entertain and put food on the, the tables for their family and their children, take care of them, and they... they don't get the recognition and respect that they deserve. No. You know, you see all these... Uh, other sports, they get praise, but boxing and MMA is, man, that shit is hard. It's like you versus one man, like brutally, like trying to kill each other, you know, for for some money, you yeah. know, <laughs> for people to be cheering. And it's like you don't know the fight is the easy part. You see, like you don't see the injuries I had to overcome in training camp. You don't see all the. Mornings I had to get up when I was tired. You didn't see all the, you know, uh, the the hard other training that I had to do to get to right now. They they see things right now. They don't see the years that I had to to do just to get to this point. You know, they don't see all the sacrifices I had to make to get to this point. They just see you right now. Right. You know, they could have been a fan of you from your last fight, 
But what about you before that last fight? What about you the whole 10 plus years that you've been doing this sport as a professional? What about that? And it's just like, man, like I didn't work my ass off to get to this point right now. And it's like, this shit didn't come easy. No. Like, <laughs> you might think it is because you just now noticing me and my career, but this shit was hard. Like, like who 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 thinks getting punched in the face and the head is that's tough living. It's tough living, especially at a championship level. That's tough living. I think most people don't have any comprehension of the amount of sacrifice, the amount of just determination and will and discipline that you have to have. Yeah, it's hard, man. I don't. I don't my kids, no. No. No football, no boxing. Good for you. They hate it, but when you get your, your to a point where you can make decisions on your own, I'm out of it. But I'd rather you keep wrestling, keep playing basketball. It's college tuition already paid for, so y'all good. You know, think of something else. Go play soccer. Go play tennis or something. Go play baseball. You know, um, Coming up in, in in the hood, there's three things that that the black community uh, raise: basketball, football, boxers, wrestlers, as well. But you can't make no money in wrestling unless you do yeah. UFC. But yeah, like, come on now. There's other sports that you can do. Golf, they make a lot of money. Baseball, they make a lot of money. Soccer, they make a shit ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you know, when, when when they little, they just be like, I want to make a lot of money. I want to be a basketball player. Well, you're not going to be 6'5". You're going to be 4'11". <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's always the real, real short, yeah. you know, kids that's talking about they want to go to the to the uh, NBA. And I always, I always get mad when the people say, you can be whatever you want to be. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lie. You cannot yeah. be whatever you want to be. No matter yeah. what you say, how hard you train, genetics is genetics. Yep. You know, uh, football, you might be too small. Basketball, you might be too short. You can't be the president just because you want to be the president. Right. So don't tell this person you can be whatever you want to be. Then you grow up thinking, I want to be the president. Well, you can try. I'm not going to kill your dreams but it's gonna be hard for you to be the president yeah well at least the president doesn't rely too much on genetics yeah because we were talking about this last night that um there's there's levels upon levels upon levels and the truly elite have everything they have talent they have the mind for it they have the genetics mm -hmm. and they have the training and they have the discipline because some really talented people don't work as hard. Definitely. We've we've all encountered that's the Buster Douglas story, right? Mm -hmm. Super talented. Just only really applied himself during the Tyson fight. You know, in camp and look at look how he came out. I mean his mom had died. He was devastated and heartbroken. And he decided he was gonna win the fight for his mother. Trained like a fucking demon and came out and outboxed Tyson. Was hitting him with that jab left hook. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Yeah. Like, who fucking expected that? He looked so good. He looked like an all-time great in that fight. Yeah. I remember uh, watching that fight and watching the uh, the Tyson-Holyfield fight in my mom's living room on a 
the box TVs with the big backs and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man, I used to be like, man, dang, man, it was kind of, it was kind of sad watching Tyson lose his first fight. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Even though I saw the fight after the result, I didn't see the fight when it happened. I saw it afterwards. I knew what happened, and I still couldn't believe it. Yeah. I'm like, he's gonna get up. He's gonna get up. He's gonna win. He always wins. He's gonna win. Yeah. He couldn't believe it. That's how revered Mike Tyson was. Everything was like silent. Like it's crazy. Everybody was just like, what? And then like when Roy Jones Jr. got knocked out by Tarver. Yeah. Like man, people was crying. My house, like we was, well we was at my coach house. People was crying. I was like, man, I was like heartbroken. Like, like you know, like when you go on a roller coaster, mm-hmm. then you go down and your stomach sink in. Yeah, that's how I was like, oh, Roy, I know. Dang, man, like I couldn't believe it. I'm like, man, I just knew Roy was gonna win. I was like, man, he shouldn't have fought him again. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I was like, he should have just took the win and didn't fight him again. Well, he had gone all the way up to heavyweight and all the way back down to light heavyweight, and I think that weight cut was brutal. But he still won, though. Yeah. He shouldn't have fought him again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like a little kid. But I know. Should have fought him again, man. And, he, I like, and, I, and I'm cool cool as hell with Tarver, you know what I mean? Both of them. Tarver's a great fighter. You know what I mean? But he shouldn't have fought him again. But when, he, when they were... Uh, reading the uh, instructions to him. And he said, you got any excuses tonight, Roy? Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. That was heavy. Yeah. And he went and on then, to knock him oof. out. That's legendary. That was a rough one, but for me, the rougher one was Glenn Johnson. Yeah. When Glenn Johnson knocked him out because he was stiff. Yeah. And that was right after the Tarver knockout. And he didn't even look like he hit him that hard. No. I just think, you know, after that, Roy just couldn't take the punches no more. Right. Because it seemed like, you know, his body wasn't reacting the same way to to the to the punches you know every time he get hit with a clean shot it was like rattle on him mm-hmm. you know and i always tell people it's not the it's not the punch it's your brain right. you gotta have that water a lot of people be dehydrating themselves to the fact where you know they they losing too much water mm-hmm. in their brain and then once they get hit their brain is knocking against nothing. Just right. your skull. And then that, that 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 snap, that's what knocks them out. Yeah, you see a lot of that in MMA. Yeah. Guys cut a tremendous amount of weight in MMA. Man, you know, I got friends that uh that's in the MMA and I never seen somebody lose so much weight in one day. Just to make weight. It's crazy. It's like, man, them dudes losing like 12 pounds. More. Even. I'm like, how how y'all losing so much weight in one day? Like, nah, y'all crazy. Yeah, and they can't even use IVs. Yeah. You guys can use nah, IVs to rehydrate? No, we can't no? use can't? IVs either. No? Uh-huh. When did they change that? I ain't never knew that. They, they, they changed anything. I think that was legal because you didn't know when Floyd fought uh, Pacquiao, that was a thing. That he was using IVs or something like that, mm. but yeah, you can't you can't use that stuff. Yeah, that was a th- the way that fighters always recuperated. They always took IVs, and then USADA came along, and apparently you can use a US you can use uh, the IV to mask performance enhancing drugs. Mm-hmm. That's why they outlawed it. Yeah, I think but that I, was the thing. I think the weight cutting in MMA is they should ban it. And I don't know how they could do it, but 
Y'all need more weight classes. That's the problem. Because when, when you're talking about lightweight, and then you're going from, what is it, 155? 155 to 170. <laughs> yeah, 155 to 170. It's a giant <laughs> jump. How about 185 to 205? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah, man, we got to because yeah. we, we, we damn sure ain't, can't go up there. Yeah. You're one of the only elite boxers that can wrestle. Yeah. Has anybody ever come to you and said, Terrence, what do you think? Yeah. Dip your toes in the MMA water. I don't get paid enough. But if you did? Nope. Nope. Ain't nobody about to be kicking me. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> hey, look, we can wrestle, we can fight, but them kicks? Yeah. No. I don't care what nobody. Man, them kicks is dangerous, bro. Yep. Especially them kicks in the leg. Did mm-hmm. you see when uh, Muhammad Ali was yep. doing that exhibition with that kickboxer? Inoki. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, tore him up. Tore Both Ali up. up. Yeah. Man, yeah, now you, now you respect that sport. Mm-hmm. I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> I respect it. We can we can fight and wrestle all day. I ain't kicks and elbows. Have you ever trained with any of that stuff? You ever try to train Muay Thai or nah, nothing? Nah. No? I trained jujitsu a little bit. Here oh yeah, and there. yeah. But uh, them kicks and elbows, nah, them dangerous. <laughs> them dangerous, and they sneaky too. Cause mm-hmm. when you're not when you're not used to getting kicked. You know what I mean? You can think somebody about to punch you and they boom, boom. And you block, you don't block kicks like you block punches. Right. So you might be trying to parry something and there yeah, you go. Ali versus Inoki. And Inoki was lying on his back, mm-hmm. which is even crazier. And with shoes on. Yeah, tearing Ali legs up, man. Yeah, just kicking at his legs. But just nobody, the, the way they, they fought was so crazy that he just dropped down to his back and was throwing kicks. He had no gloves on, but I don't think, I don't think he punched him. Oh, look, look at that! Look at that! Leg lock. Look at that! Yeah, man, you gotta be aware of everything. Very dangerous too. Very dangerous because yeah. legs can get torn apart, your knees man. get ruined. Your toe. Yep. Kicking somebody, your toe, your fingers, your foot. And y'all go through a lot. Yeah, man. Man, y'all go through a lot. Them MMA dudes, man. Five thousand dollars to show up, five thousand to win, five thousand for best in the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, the guys coming. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. I know. But I'm but, just saying that's how it is in in UFC too. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> they might get a little more money, but they be same thing. Like twenty, twenty million. I mean, not twenty million. Twenty thousand. Yeah. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. So they fighting their ass off to get that bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> fight their ass off to get that bonus. I don't like the win bonus. Yeah. I do not like that at all. I Why? Because first of all, there's bad decisions. Yeah. And when you have a bad decision and someone gets caught out, like if, if a guy's making 50 and 50 and then there's a bad judge call mm-hmm. and you lose $50,000 because yeah. some people are incompetent at their job, happens all the time. So why don't why don't they just change it to a, like boxing like a flat purse? They should. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not responsible. It's yeah. not my side of the game. They I'm just, just a commentator. Change it to a flat purse. One hundred percent. Yeah, like yeah. we, like boxers, man. Win, lose, draw. Yeah. We getting X amount that's on that contract. Yes. And that's it. That's yeah. how it should be. Because yeah. it's not like anybody doesn't try to win. Yeah. Yeah. Because for they sure. think that they're gonna you know get their money either way they're gonna try to win 
Man, them dudes be fighting their ass off. Man, they be busted up. Eye all the way out here. Yeah. Teeth in their mouthpiece. Yep. Like, man, them dudes like, come on. Man, you talking about gladiator warriors. Mm -hmm. That's that's what they is, man. Do they you watch talk. a lot of UFC? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I be watching it. Who Who's stands talking? out for you? Who, you, who do John you John Jones. Yeah. John Bones Jones. That's my guy. I like um dang man, I it'd be hard to say his name. He just he just beat the dude that beat him. I have a uh Israel out of Israel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like Israel. Oh, he's amazing. Israel cool. Yeah. That dude he beat that that beat him and he just beat, man. That dude, big dude, man. He's huge. Yeah. He big. That guy cuts a lot of weight. Yeah. Because he, he weighed in at one eighty five pounds and then he fought at two twenty five. Yeah. He was 225 when he got into the ring. Yeah. That's crazy. Then my guy that just beat Sahuda. Um, Algebane. Alger yeah. He's fighting I, this weekend. I was just down there with him. I was, when I was uh, training, we was training t twice together before that fight and after he was doing physical therapy. We was supposed to be playing basketball. So if you're watching Aljo, you still got to get on that court and whoop old boy now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's fighting this weekend against Joe yeah. O'Malley. That's a, it's a big fight. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever go to those live? Yeah, I went to a few of them live. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a few of them live. I think I went to uh, – the last one I went to was uh, Amanda Nunez. Amanda. She was fighting uh, – dang, I forgot her name. But two guys from Omaha, Drew Dobert. Okay. And um, he fought John Jones, too. He from Omaha. I forgot his name. You put Omaha on the map. Yeah. You really did. Like, yeah. people talk about Omaha now a lot. Smith. Anthony Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Smith. Yeah. 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 Drew Dobert and Anthony Smith was fighting on the same car, so I went there to support them. And Amanda. I like Amanda. She's the GOAT. Yeah, she's amazing. She had to retire because her legs are so damaged yeah. from kicking. She goes too much kicking ass. Like she got mm -hmm. nerve damage in her legs. See? Yeah. It's never gonna go away. Probably not. Yeah. So, I mean, you gotta think. You getting shins slammed into those nerves over and over again. Mm -hmm. Slammed into your calves. You ever been calf kicked? No, don't kick me. <laughs> we, not, we not about to do none of that. Don't don't kick me. Listen, my legs are skinny. We not about to do it. Hey, you kick me, jump him. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's any boxers that would be in, that would enter? I mean, the only person that's elite that ever fought in the MMA realm was uh, James, James Tony. Tony got choked yeah. out. But he don't got no wrestling background. He didn't. Even, I don't think he even trained for yeah. it. Yeah. I interviewed him before that fight. He was making up kick names. Like, <laughs> I, I think he traded. I think he just boxed. You know, yeah. he's just hoping he'd catch him with a punch. Yeah, nah. First thing they gonna do is shoot. First they gonna fake, faint the uh, the punch up top, and then they gonna shoot. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to sprawl, it's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. See, wrestling, man. I always say, man, I'm a boxer. But I can wrestle. If a wrestler grabs you, I don't care what you know. I don't care who you is. It's over with if you don't know how to wrestle. Right. It's over with. Yeah. And then you can do. And nine times out of ten, a street fight, you're going to end up on the ground. Mm-hmm. Period. So 
if you don't knock him out before he grab you or in the mix of him trying to grab you, it's over with. Yeah. So I hope you're in shape to, <laughs> <laughs> to outwill them, poke them in the eye, bite them, something. But, you know, wrestlers, they tough. Yeah. So you, you might bite them. They might be like bite harder. <laughs> <laughs> Put you in a chokehold and then it's over with. Wrestling is such a tough, tough sport and there's no accolades. There's no glory. There's no world championship where you're mm. making millions of dollars. It's just all for the the glory of winning. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. And those are some of the toughest human beings alive. Yeah, elite wrestlers. Like you want to talk about hard work. <sighs> I didn't been. I didn't been through some of them. Did you wrestle in high school? No, I wrestled in middle school. In middle school, I stopped in middle school because your boxing career started taking off. I actually got kicked out of school. Really? Yeah. What happened? I was I was playing around with the kids, me and my uh, friends. We had the little keys, so we was going through the uh, through the hallways, and we were scratching each other's neck with the keys. So like, just say if you if somebody right here in the middle of us, and you don't see me, and I go over here and I scratch you on the neck with the key, and you just be like ah, <laughs> and we just start dying. Like that was the thing to do back then. Like and. Uh, his little soft self went to to the nurse he was like and then the nurse asked him what happened he was just like oh me and my friend terrence was playing around and he scratched me with a key and so they brought me to the office and expelled me because they said i was using the weapon wow yeah i i got expelled for the half of the whole school year and had to go to an alternative school wow yeah it was crazy. But I was quitting wrestling anyway. I didn't, wrestling was tough, man. Them dudes was kicking my ass. <laughs> no. But I think there's something about your wrestling background that helps you in the clinch. Definitely. Definitely. I still always mess around wrestling to this day. You know, uh, yeah, that that wrestling gets you physically strong. It gets you, you know what I mean, your foundation first and foremost. Everything comes from your foundation. So if you got a good base, good foundation, you're going to be hard to move for anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, you know, you see those sumo wrestlers, you know, they foundation, they base is just like, hmm. Right. And you can try your hardest to move them, and they just sitting there, and you're just like, yeah, man, how I'm not able to move this dude, and I'm pushing them. It's just they got that base and that foundation. Yeah, there was a discussion. I forget what what experts were talking about that, but they were factoring in your wrestling background, and they were saying that there's something about Terrence when he's in the clinch that's different than other people. It's because your ability to manipulate bodies, where you can move people around. Mm -hmm. And then also what you do, I think, better than anybody ever, is you land punches in tight spaces, in tight spaces where you just find the chin. You know, you're you're so good at like those tight hooks. You know, and you you yeah, man, it's just <laughs> it's so it's it's just very impressive to be able to pull that off on a guy like Errol Spence. The way yeah, that's did. something that um me and my coaches was working on, shortening up your shots because if you're watching a uh, few of my past fights, kind of open up I kind of throw my shots too wide mm-hmm. uh, leave myself open so that was something that we was working on in camp and I always told the reporters and people that interview me it ain't about Spence I don't gotta 
changing thing up for Spence. I just got to make sure I'm prepared and I'm 110% ready for myself. And all I got to do is be myself, and then I believe I'll be anybody. Was there ever a time where you wondered or were you worried that you weren't going to get that big fight? As you're like 35 years old, you get become 36, 36, and then you, you're in the position like Arthur Better mm-hmm. Beev, who's 19 and 0, 19 knockouts. Everyone's fucking terrified of the guy. Can't get a big fight. Just can't get that big marquee fight. Definitely. I was, like I told you, I was in a process of thinking about retiring. You know, because I was just like, man, I'm not going to get that Spence fight, you know, but um, it's worth a shot, you know, to go back and um, try to see if we can land that fight. But I'm not about to get, you know, I'm not about to just take anything just for the fight. Right. You know, uh, a lot of fans and a lot of people in the media, they felt as if I should just take anything, but they're not the one fighting. They're not the one that, you know, uh, been doing this their whole life. So for them to tell me, just take this or just take that, you know, uh, given if I was to put them in the same predicament that I'm in and all the accolades that I have, would they do the same thing or would they just take whatever somebody's just going to give them? You know, I, I had to stand for something to get to it point in my life where you know I can get everything that I want Mm. you know and I feel like uh, me standing standing my ground and standing staying firm and true to myself and not switching up and not you know um, over overdoing it led me to this moment right here one of the things that happens with some boxers is they leave a lot in the gym in sparring sessions and that they just spar too hard. Mm -hmm. They have too many hard sparring sessions. How often do you spar? I spar Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays. Some of them be hard. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. You can't can't replace, you know, um, I would say, like, tech sparring and, and, like, soft sparring from you know, a comparison to get ready for a fight because it, you fight how you spar. You spar how you fight. And if I'm in there just doing this, huh, 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 catch, catch, huh, huh, then when the fight come and everything is full blast, full speed, I'm not going to be able to keep up because I didn't train that way. Right. I can hit the bag. I can hit the mitts, all that I want, but nothing's coming back. Right. I'm not feeling that presence of a person pushing me, hitting me, holding me, things like that. So um, sparring is very important. And not saying that you have to, you know, go hard every single time you spar, but there got to be days where, you know, that fighter is trying to put it on you because now you're getting used to that. And now your body is getting in shape to withstand the rounds, the time, the, you know, the the uh, the grappling, the holding, the hitting, all that. So you need that. How do you judge when you're doing too much hard sparring? Your body will tell you. I'm a firm believer listening to my body. 
you know. So I've been doing this a long time. My coaches, they've been doing this just as long or, or longer, or BOMAG longer. Well, we all started, you know, uh, this journey on uh, when I was 2008 when I turned pro. So they've been around me since I was a kid. So they know when my body is breaking down or when I'm complaining about something, Bo would be like, all right, well, we're going to do this today. Or we're going to do this today. And I'd be like, man, what? what? He'd be like, we're going to do this today. I'd be like, man, I don't want to do that, man. I want to work because as a fighter, I want to work hard every day. But it's up to your coaches to know when to pull back, mm. when to take days off. Oh, no, you ain't working out today. Huh? You ain't working out today. You've been working out hard, you know, today off. Or some days we were going in there, he'd be like, oh, we're going to do four-round sparring. Like, what? Yeah, we're going to do four-round sparring. All right. Y'all got it. So things like that. So it's just a trust and an understanding that your your coaches know you as good or better than you know you. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, so they're going to tell me, you know, um, some days they're going to say, man, you ain't got no energy today. Did you eat? Some days I'll be like, no, I didn't eat before I came. Oh, I could tell. You know, or you're moving kind of slow. You all right? You know, so it's very important that you be honest with your coaches as well because a lot of people, you know, they tend to keep certain things away from them. And then when when things go left, then the coaches is to blame Mm -hmm. when the coaches wasn't aware of everything that was going on with you. So if you got, you know, injuries or you're not feeling well or, you know, something's not right or something's going on, as a team, you got to let your team know because that's why they're there. And that's why they're able to pick up on certain things like, you know, you're overtraining or you're not, you know, getting enough rest. What time you going to sleep at night? You know, um, you need to put the phone down at this time and, you know, just all that. Do you monitor your resting heart rate, your heart rate variability? Do you do any of that stuff? Yeah, I do all that, yeah. you know, um, in the mornings. So um, when I get up in the morning, we put it on my finger, then we monitor that, and then it takes your blood oxygen, uh, your oxygen level, uh, your heart rate, and all that stuff. And so from there, you could say, okay, I'm a little tired, or there, I'm a little yeah. overworked. Yeah. Not really. Easier today. Not, not really. You yeah. know, sometimes you can, you, uh, I go off of that, but, you know, I just go off of how my body feels. You know, I just use that for just how much oxygen I'm taking in and uh, the levels that I'm at. So once I start cutting weight, all right, this what I've been at, this 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 range. Once I start cutting weight, then I can compare the two. And how far out do you start cutting weight? Uh, I probably cut weight probably like two weeks, two to three weeks. And so that's just a, a decrease in calories. Yeah. Is there anything else that goes along with that? Is it an increase in cardio or anything else? No, nah, just everything is the same. same. It's just, you know, decreasing the, the amount of food intake. You know, we start cutting the food probably like in portions. Then, you know, uh, we probably change up the times of the workouts. And then when you get down to the day of the weigh-ins, how much weight are you actually cutting? None. None. 
None. So when you weigh in, that's natural. Yeah, like the day of the weigh-ins, I'm not cutting none. That's I'm, beautiful. I used to. I used to have to cut like five pounds in the morning of the weigh-ins. You know, um, and did you feel tough. that the next day? Nah, not really. Sometimes, but not really. But it's better to not. Yeah, because I always, I just rest. Get resting is most important. Like, I just sit in the bed all day. Especially when I was at 135, I didn't do nothing. I was cutting weight, cutting right, weight, cutting right. weight. 140, cutting weight, cutting weight. You know, uh, but yeah, like, that shit tough. Like, this this, this last fight with Spence, it was tough. You know, but I'll... I try to make weight, you know, at least the night before so I can sleep in, sleep uh, as long as possible till the weigh-ins and, you know, uh, go from there. And what do you do for recovery? Do you have anything specific that you do for recovery? Massages, sauna, anything along those lines? I, I get massages. I don't use a sauna. No? No, I don't use a sauna. Um, that's pretty much it. Just... You know, Normatec. Oh, those leg things? Yeah, yeah those Norm are great. Normatec, massage. I hate the cold plunge. I did, <laughs> I did, I did it for the first time this uh, this 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 camp. And, man, I tell you, I, I was freezing. <laughs> I always thought my balls was going to be freezing, but my fucking fingers was yeah, cold. fingers, like, toes. Yeah. My toes wasn't cold. I was, so, I was so cold, I couldn't even feel my feet. I was in there like this. I was trying to put my put my hands under my under my armpits and I was just shaking like this. And I was just like, I'm about to get out. They was like <laughs> they was motivating me and I was like, man, I can't man, this is the hardest thing that I ever did because I'm anemic, so me and Cole don't You're anemic? Yeah, I gotta take iron pills. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, is that before you I, stopped I, red beat always? Yeah. Really? When I was little. Yeah. So I gotta go from the cold, and then they put me in the in the hot, and then it felt like needles was shocking my body, like <laughs> needles was going through. I'm like, dang, you know what I mean? I felt good. Then they was like, all right, you gotta go back in the cold plunge for one minute. No, it was two minutes. Two minutes. I was like, what? <laughs> like, come on. So I went up in there, and then I was like, all right, get out. You done? I said, I don't go back in the hot. They was like, no. I was like, oh man. <laughs> but I was I was I was cool that I did it. You yeah, know, that it was something that you know I wouldn't do, and I did it for the first time, and I I felt like I accomplished something. How did you feel after you got out? I felt good. Yeah, I felt good. But the crazy part about that is, two days after that, I had got a cold, and I was like, I was messed up, and I was like, man, was it was it because of that? <laughs> but found out that it was the uh, the air conditioner in the house. It was blowing right on my face, oh. yeah, on my bed. I sleep with the cover over my head. I don't know why. I've been really? Doing that. Yeah, I've been doing that since I was a little kid. So uh, we looked up, and, it, and sure enough, I was just like, man. And it was like on like 62. Uh, so it was freezing in the house. And I was just like, man. I turned off everything in the house. It was all hot. Everybody was trying, kept trying to turn the uh, air back on. Like, man, turn that off. Like, no. And it's 120 in uh, in Vegas. I'm like, yeah. It's, 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 it's that. Turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> 
was just like, man, I can't. I ain't never experienced that ever in my life. I never got sick during fight week. Ever. Really? Ever. So how sick did you get? I was I was sick for one day. I was like down. Like I was down, but like, yeah. How far out from the fight was that? A week. Oh shit. A week. So I was down, but I was just like, man, that one day I was I was I was hurting. But then, you know, my nutritionist, she gave me some vitamin C. Got I was uh my nutritionist, my chef, he gave me a whole bunch of oranges and melons and uh grapefruit. Big old bowl. You ain't eating no meat. This is what you eating all day. I was like, What? It was like, Yeah, trust me. And I ate, that's all I ate the whole day. And the next day I felt better. I was like, oh, all right, we, we back to normal. Well, we wasn't all the way back to normal because my coach didn't let me work out. But, yeah, we was good. How many days did you have to take off from that cold? Just just one and a half. Oh, not that bad. Yeah. So that one day I didn't do nothing. Then the next day I didn't go uh, to the gym. I didn't work out in the gym. And then a day or so later, yeah, you're the, back in. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fortunate. That would have sucked if that happened a couple of days out. Yeah. Yeah. And then fuck up your weight cut, too. Yeah. I would have had to find a way. Isn't it crazy, though, when you think about all the things that have to come together so perfectly? Peaking in your conditioning, peaking in your physical training, your, your technical training. Everything's got to come together. Everything. But when you when you when you when you done this for so long, you know you know what you got to do to get there. You know, um, I think I peaked like twice during this camp. You know, I was working so hard. I was just like, man, I wanted this so bad. It was like, all right, we got to pull you back. Mm. All right. And when they pull you back, like for how long? Just a couple of days pull you back you know because you you looking too sharp in the in the gym you mm -hmm. way you way above schedule so we got to pull you back working too hard get you some rest that's so, such a fascinating aspect of the training yeah. because it's just so on feel and knowing yeah. and just having an understanding of the, of the athlete yeah because you as the fighter you want to feel good you want to look sharp you want to you know feel all those things but your coaches on on the outside, they're like, okay, we still got like three, four weeks, mm. you know, and he's looking like this at this point in time, when we want him like that t at the end, tail end, mm -hmm. you know, so pull him back a little bit. It's just it's such a dance, it's such a, like a perfectly orchestrated dance. Yeah, everything has to line up. Have you ever had a fight where you peaked too early? No. Never? Not that I know of, no. I would say. Well, listen, Terrence, what you've done is amazing. It's uh, as a person, excuse me, as a person who's a boxing fan, it's beautiful to see. I, I love watching, like I said, I love excellence. I love when someone is just at the, the top, the very top of the game, of the sport, of everything. And that's you right now, man. Appreciate so it. I hope you enjoy it. Congratulations. It's an honor to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I'm, a, I'm a giant fan, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, Tell me. everybody your social media so they can hit you up. You can reach me on 
Twitter, what they call it X now. Yeah. I don't know what that is. At uh, Terrence Crawford, and then you can reach reach me on uh, IG at Tbug Crawford or Facebook Terrence Terrence Crawford. You're the fucking man, bro. Yes. Thank you very much. Appreciate, Appreciate you being here. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody.